630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Okay, so Canada West canceling the season. Not going to be basketball, not going to be volleyball, no hockey. And this announcement was made about an hour after U Sports said that they would not have any national championships for the 2020 2021 season. Big story today for university sports. Of course, the U of A had already canceled all of its athletic seasons. The hockey teams came back thanks to uh, an alumni member stepping in, and there was some funding for the Golden Bears and the Pandas, but now they won't be able to play. We had Ian Herbers on the show last night, the head coach of the Golden Bears, who was telling you about the morning practices and the team still having a lot of energy and maybe the opportunity to play some exhibition games, which they still might be able to do, but there will uh, not be any Canada West hockey season, no action to go see at Claire Drake Arena starting in January. So that is tough. Also, the Western Hockey League, of course, that was our big story yesterday, is that they came out and said January 8th, the target date for the beginning of their regular season. We had Kurt Hill, the general manager and president of hockey operations of the Edmonton Oil Kings, on the show last night. Today, Ron Robison, who's the commissioner of the Western Hockey League, held a Zoom media conference and answered a lot of questions, and he had this to say about the length of the season around 35 to 40 games if you're going to end the season when it normally would is that kind of what you're looking for to achieve uh, with the january 8th start date we have a start date of january 8th and a concluding date of may 2nd so that will actually allow us to play a maximum of 50 games during that period of time the number of games will be determined as we work our way through the next uh, number of weeks but uh, we can play up to a maximum of 50 games all right, so uh, an end date of May 2nd, as he said, for the Western Hockey League, hoping to get up to 50 games. Now, for the Oil Kings, they will play only the other teams in Alberta. And uh, Commissioner Robeson obviously emphasized today health authorities you know, have to be on board with everything that's happening. They don't know about having fans, but they do want to limit travel and all those types of things. I asked about the postseason Postseason format not determined for the WHL. The Memorial Cup is scheduled for the middle of June, but we'll attract the cover between now and then. So that's the latest on the Western Hockey League, and we'll dive into that a little deeper later on tonight. Brent Sutter from the Red Deer Rebels, uh, owner, president, coach, general manager, he's going to join us after the 7 o'clock news. Hey, my name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is Inside Sports on Oilers and Double E Radio 630 Jed. Baseball tonight, Game 5, Tampa Bay and Houston are tied 3-3, and uh, that's in the eighth inning. And, of course, it is uh, Tampa Bay with the edge in that series, three games to one. So 3-3 in the top of the eighth. We will keep you updated, and I'm pleased to welcome back to Inside Sports, back in what he believes is his birthright of a time slot, play-by-play voice of the Edmonton Oilers on 630 Shed and the Oilers Radio Network. It's the one and only Jack Michaels. Hi, Jack. Well, I would have been more appreciative had there not been a greater time lapse. I felt like when Thomas Dias signs off, first of all, I want acknowledged by his voice. I feel like his voice conveys a certain degree of, I'm only going to mention Reed's name. I'm not going to mention Jack's name. So I, I get the feeling Thomas, number one, looks down upon me. Number two, I want in a perfect situation, Thomas, to directly introduce me and potentially bypass you. (laughs) Well, the list of the men keeps coming from Jack Michaels. Don't worry, everybody. I made a note of that.
No, I yeah, didn't. Yeah, I, w- I anyway. would like that. I would like that worked out prior to our next uh, <laughs> agreement to talk here, because I, well, like I said, I feel like he thinks he's better than me. Well, Jack, as I used to say to the to the really unreasonable batch of customers when I worked at Blockbuster Video, I'll take that under advisement. Yeah, I, I, I there's just, there's just something about him that's been rubbing me the wrong way lately. <laughs> oh, Jack. Well, hey, that's uh, you Is know, he we'll actually see. Actually, in a helicopter, or are you deceiving the people? What are you talking about? Thomas Dias. It sounds like he's in a helicopter. I mean, I know he doesn't do the traffic report, but it sounds like he's in a windswept area. I, I don't think so. I, th- I think he's in the 630 Shed newsroom, but maybe they've taken the windows out since uh, since the last time I was there. Hey, Is Jack, he look. right now? Am I what? Is he in a suit right now? I have no idea. I can't see him, Jack. I'm I'm in my spare bedroom that's not much bigger than a closet. Oh, that's right. You're still mobile. You've got to foster a better relationship with your coworkers. That's one thing you should work on in 2021. Yeah, well, we'll see about that. Look, I'll start <laughs> with you. I'll start with you. Hey, look, uh, WHL, that's, I mean, that's good. They got a date. Uh, we'll see. We're going to have Brent Sutter on the show. But January 8th, so, you know, after the World Juniors, hopefully they, they start to get going. They're, they're obviously, there's still some track to cover to make sure everything is safe, but I, but I was encouraged by that announcement yesterday. Well, I guess it's better than not having a date. I mean, I, you know, I, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm, I guess, very cautiously optimistic. I'm, I, you know, it's, it's fun to announce these dates. It just... Uh, I'd like to be closer to the actual date before I think it's before I think it's realistic because really uh, some of the whispers I've been hearing around the National Hockey League is that you know it may be deep into January. I think the NBA uh, threw out a date of of January the 18th. Uh, so you know, I mean, I think we're in the ballpark, Reed. I just think there's a long way to go, and uh, you know, I know that living where I do, there's been. There's been some increased cases. My daughter is in quarantine right now as a result of, you know, one of her classmates testing positive for it. So it's uh, she got tested today. So it's a, you know, it's a time where I, I like the fact that there's talk of dates and talk about what we're going to do. It's just I have to say, Reed, I'm not, you know, I, I don't think we're near enough to the finish line where where I feel like we can we can get super enthusiastic. I'm, uh, so I'm I'm cautiously optimistic because I certainly uh, you know would love to see uh, the dub and these other leagues you know hit those deadlines because if it if they do it means we're in a far better place than we are certainly today. Well, and I think for the NHL, I know they've given the January first target date. I think we can pretty reasonably consider mid-January or even February 1st. Bill Foley, who's the owner of the Golden Knights, spoke with Brian Blessing from the Vegas Hockey Hotline yesterday. We paid the played the key clip where, you know, you know he kind of said it could be deeper into January or February, and he right. threw out again the Canadian division, which Gary Bettman has been very careful not to give any concrete statement on. That, that would be, you know, and, and we hope it's a one-off because we want things to get back to normal. But if there was a Canadian division and you could have, uh, you know, you might play Calgary seven times and Toronto and Montreal six each, it, it would probably redefine the intensity of the regular season for not just the Canadian teams, but for the Canadian hockey fans. Because every game, whether fans could go or not, would have that all-Canadian vibe about it. Those are special games. 
Yeah, I think it'd be great for the country, especially in a year where, you know, there's no Canadian football. I, I think it'd be I, I think it'd be a huge boost to have, you know, again, in a, a truncated season in, in a season where you're not going to see records challenged or or, you know, necessarily some some typical things come to pass because, of course, you're not playing an 82 game schedule. That would be something to look forward to. Absolutely. And. And quite frankly, in a you know in a struggling market, I, I think it would really help a team like the Ottawa Senators. Uh, there's some excitement behind what they did at the draft and and in free agency. And I think a, a club like that, which is, you know, let's face it, Ottawa is kind of Canada's equivalent of I don't know the Florida Panthers. I mean, a team that kind of is is under the radar. I mean, I, I quite frankly read, even in Ottawa, don't know any Ottawa Senators fans. I mean, I, I just don't. Uh, so that that's a team that could maybe get a, a bit of a jump start, uh, you know, with with a lot of interest, uh, you know, in an all-Canadian division. I think it'd be fantastic. I, you know, again, I'd love to pretend that we're going to be in an even better place and that that won't be necessary. Uh, but with the border situation right now, it's it's hard to think that an all-Canadian division isn't going to have, uh, you know, a great deal of appeal in, in terms of safety and, and just generally uh, not confusing some issues that are beyond the league's control. I mean, we saw what happened, Reed, you know, in the playoffs as you got deep into the conference finals and the Stanley Cup final. There there were issues with, with families and, and some promises that had been implied, you know, weren't able to be upheld through circumstances beyond the league's control. So I, I think in, in this particular year, an all-Canadian division uh, not only makes sense, but like I said, would be tremendous within Canada. Jack Michaels joining us tonight at Inside Sports. Jack, and one thing I've brought up a couple of times with the National Hockey League and could be really interesting is I, I really think the possibility exists that whenever they announce a start date and then a schedule, it might not be a complete schedule. I mean, they could say we're playing... 60 games just that's the most they're going to get in they could say we're playing 60 games here's the first 30 for every team and maybe for the Oilers it's all only against other Canadian teams and then they see how things go if arenas can open up if travel can open up and they say we will announce the rest of the schedule on you know March 1st or whatever that I, that's would be really odd I can't think of I mean the NFL has flex scheduling but you know who you're going to play I, that would really be unprecedented for the t- for a league to put out kind of half a schedule and then say we're going to wait and see. I think it, something like that could happen in the NHL. Well, and I, I think Reed did, did the ECHL not do something similar to that. I'm not sure they announced all their games. I, yeah, I, I think I think you I think you're right. I'm going to double check. I, I, I think it was partial release today uh, from from the league and and didn't quite you know get into the third and fourth paragraphs on that. But I I know. Obviously, I still have some contacts in that league, and I know that was on the table. And, and I think that would be awesome, too. I, I would love to see that, especially read. I mean, think about it. If you were 30 games into the season, say, an old Canadian division, and, and uh, you know, the league could kind of play with things a little bit, if you think about it, uh, you know, to make the division races interesting, you know, load up with maybe the next 30 all within the division and, you know, try to create some try to create some interesting stretch races. So, uh, you know, again, there's some malleability and some flexibility if you do that. And I think in this particular year, why wouldn't you consider it? Because uh, any and all options should be on the table 
uh, to get some semblance of a season the fans can rally behind this year because that's the that's the biggest thing I missed. I mean, I know part of the reason that was on the table to begin with, uh, Reed, is is to maybe have the first portion of the schedule with limited or no fans, and then maybe you know opening the floodgates if if uh, North America was a bit healthier, let's say you know come March or April. So. I, I think anything and everything should be on the table this year. It's it's whatever needs to be done uh, to get the season done. And, and obviously that's very similar to what was just accomplished at both the NHL and NBA levels. And again, look for those two leagues to work in concert, Reed, because uh, outside of the border issues where all you have is the Toronto Raptors, uh, but outside of the border issues, you know, the NBA and NHL are, are working on somewhat similar models. Speaking of things on the table, Jack, before I let you go, a Cleveland Browns playoff appearance, maybe even Super Bowl run? They're 4-1, and one, Jack. Well, Reed, think about this. The last time the Browns were 4-1, and one, you had perfect vision. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's, how, that's how far we're going back here. I mean, that's, that's really, uh, you know, remarkable. It's been 26 years where they could even say that they're 4-1. and one. I I was kind of stunned. It's the first time the Steelers are 4-0 since 79, which uh, is very close to the year of your birth, as, as I recall. But in any event, uh, it's it's fantastic. It's it's you know what I'm I'm looking for bright spots in the year 2020, as we probably all are right now, and uh, that is a situation where <laughs> you know what the Browns are being 4-1. That's helping me get through certainly uh september and october all right hey jack always a pleasure to have you on the show thank you so much for checking in enjoy uh watching the ball or the football this weekend or whatever you're diving into man we'll talk to you again soon watching the ball game right now it's a hell of a game tampa and houston and while i have this opportunity again uh you know best wishes to your folks i know they i know they went through the old cataract surgeries and uh, i hope they're healed up and, and starting to come around Bill, appreciate that, Jack. Thanks a lot, buddy. All right. Take care, pal. That is Jack Michaels, play-by-play voice of the Edmonton Oilers on 630 Chad and the Oilers Radio Network, checking in tonight. Love having Jack on the show, even though he constantly gives me a hard time. I'm getting used to it. Uh, 780-496-0063. Got a couple of textures writing in about a Canadian division in the National Hockey League. And somebody has a blockbuster reference. We'll get to those when we get back. Brent Sutter from the Red Deer Rebels coming up a little bit later on. Zach Kalaros will check in. Grey Cup winning quarterback with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Yeah, quite a year for him last year. Hurt in the first game of the season. Traded to Toronto, then traded to Winnipeg and helps the Bombers in that long Grey Cup drought. We'll see what's up with Zach between 630 and 7. Some texts here to 780-496-0063. This texter says, hey, Reed, could you imagine if they played 60 games and having to play 10 games against every Canadian team? Wow. That would be something. Can you imagine 10 battles of Alberta in four months? 
and there'd probably be games where they they played each other two or three games in a row, either home and home or little mini series in one city. Another texture says playing Ottawa six times isn't very appealing. Winnipeg also lacks excitement. The other four cities would be more compelling. Uh, well, you know, Ottawa obviously is not uh, at the peak of their cycle, shall we say. We've been there with the Oilers. Uh, you know, Winnipeg's a pretty good club. I've always thought there's, uh, if, if there are fans, and there may be some, there's a pretty good vibe with Jets fans when they come to Rogers Place. I've always found that that texture does not agree with me. That's fine. And uh, Daryl says, <laughs> what is this, Daryl? Daryl says, hey, Reed, found season six of Sopranos at Bible Store, still in Blockbuster DVD holders. Getting old, eh? LOL from Daryl. Well, first of all, it's uh, I, I find it kind of ironic that a Bible store would be selling Sopranos DVDs. But yes, he sent a photo here, and they are still in Blockbuster packaging. That is amazing. Well, I, I got to be honest with you, I, I never watched The Sopranos. Maybe that's something I'll get into as the pandemic rolls on. I have been watching a little more television than usual. 780-496-0063. You are welcome to text about sports, but uh, yeah, any any blockbuster references, I'm always happy to get them. Zach Kalaros coming up. Oh, and Jeff Perlman. Don't forget about Jeff. Uh, awesome sports writer. Used to write for Sports Illustrated. He's cranked out another book about the uh, Los Angeles Lakers three-ring circus. This one about the Kobe and Shaq Lakers. He's on at 7.30 tonight. We're back after the news. Thanks for checking in. All right, that is Connor McDavid, captain of your Edmonton Oilers. When will they be back? Ongoing question that we will keep discussing here on Inside Sports. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Quick baseball update. Still 3-3, Rays and Astros now into the top of the ninth. The Dodgers and Atlanta into the bottom of the second. No score. No score after that big 11-run first inning yesterday for the L.A. Dodgers. We'll keep you updated on those two games. Of course, no Thursday night football. They had to rearrange the schedule because of the uh, the COVID tests and the adjustments to the schedule in the NFL. I was just reading, though, that uh, there is a pretty big football game on ESPN2 in the States tonight featuring a young man by the name of Arch Manning. Arch Manning, yes, from the Manning family. He is the nephew of Peyton and Eli, so the grandson of Archie. So he's the son of Cooper Manning, the one of the three brothers that didn't become an NFL quarterback. And uh, he's already uh, anticipated to be a uh, top college quarterback, top recruit for 2023. So who knows, in six or seven years, you could see another Manning playing as a star quarterback in the National Football League. Pretty interesting. Speaking of star quarterbacks, I'm pleased to welcome back to Inside Sports from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, it is Zach Kalaros. Zach, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's good to talk to you again. Uh, we appreciate you making time for us. Uh, and, and I know, obviously, uh, you know, I know you wish you were out there playing. Let people know what you've been up to over the last few weeks here, Zach. Yeah, I definitely wish the season was going on. Um, you know, last few weeks, actually, I was down in the States. Uh, my wife and I uh, took our daughter down there to meet my family. So uh, it was nice uh, to spend some time with family and see some friends. And uh, we're currently doing the quarantine back here in Ontario. So uh, 
you know, cleaning the house and hanging pictures and watching uh, baseball. Now, have you, have you had the place in Ontario for quite a while? Uh, I've been living up here now for five years, but we uh, we bought the house just over a year ago. Okay. Well, Zach, tell me a little bit about how your mindset throughout the summer. I mean, first the season was delayed, and then they were hoping to start in September, uh, and then ultimately it was uh, it was called off. I, you know, I know, I know I've talked to a lot of guys who play for Edmonton about it, not really a lot of guys from other teams. What was your feeling and perception of all this that's been going on with the CFL? Um, you know, I, I, to be honest with you, I wasn't that optimistic about a season happening. Um, unfortunately, that's, what, that's you know what ultimately happened. But uh, you know, during the process, just you know, did my best to try to stay in shape and uh, get throws in and, and all those things on my own. Uh, you know, try to stay sharp and, and watch as much film as I can and talk to the guys and uh, you know, kind of talk ball with them uh, in anticipation for something happening. But uh, you know, again. Did it come to fruition? And, you know, just hoping that something uh, can get going for next season. Yeah, well, we hope that uh, we hope that for sure. I, I, Zach, I do. I, I haven't had the chance to talk to you since. Um, well, I don't think I talked to you at all last year. I think you might have been actually playing for Hamilton the last time you were on the show. But, um, mm-hmm. I mean, last year for you was unique, um, to, to say the least, uh, how it started and, and how, it, how it ended. I, I mean, tell us about, first of all, you played what I think it was a second or third play of the season and and, yeah. and you got injured. What do you remember about that and, and dealing with the aftermath of it? Yeah, it was a wild season for sure. Reed, um, you know, obviously was excited, uh, for another season there in Saskatchewan and, um, you know, had a good training camp and I was really anticipating coming back to play in Hamilton, you know, for the first time since I've been, uh, traded away from there. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, took a, you know, took an illegal headshot in that game and, uh, missed some time and then um, yeah, I got traded to Toronto there a few weeks later and um, you know, that was a, a different situation and you know, met a lot of good people there and, and got to uh, you know, reunite with some good people there that I'd worked with before um, you know, didn't didn't play there but you know, I was really happy with the time that I spent there and the people that I met um, and then got the opportunity to be traded to to Winnipeg there uh, during the deadline and um you know when that happened uh obviously was very excited in the moment and then uh you know, just went there you know looking to help the, te- the team any way that i could and uh you know was able to get out there and play a little bit and uh you know we made a run and, and won the whole thing so it was a i'm obviously downplaying it a little bit but it was a really really uh crazy year and uh couldn't have ended on a higher note obviously when you i mean and i remember watching that that game i I was doing my show and i remember seeing the injury and you know simone lawrence was obviously you know penalized for it and all that kind of stuff and i think you had to go on the six game injured list i mean Mm -hmm. it's so scary for an athlete to, to suffer a head injury did did you first of all was there any sort of you know memory loss stuff or really huge concerns you, you had at the time yeah my only concern was obviously i'd been through it before um you know but i but i was uh fortunate enough to throughout that whole process meet some really good people uh, whether they were trainers or doctors uh neurosurgeons and and really uh get the opportunity to meet some different resources uh on that end of things. Um, so that, that actually was kind of a blessing in disguise with, with what happened. Um, you know, I wasn't worried 
going into that moment, really not worried after it. The, the unfortunate part is, you know, there's not really a penalty for it in the CFL. It's, it's like a thousand dollar fine. So unfortunately, it's probably going to continue to happen. But uh, you know, at the same time, you know, we uh, we know what we signed up for. This is a uh, it's football. You know, it's a violent game, and uh, you know, kind of is what it is. Did you think you would have got into a game? in Toronto or maybe they acquired you and let you know, you know, Zach, we might use you as a bargaining chip closer to the deadline. What were your expectations with the Argos? No, no, no. Um, you know, I had a, you know, I, I hadn't really spent much time around Jim Pop prior to that and uh, built, built a good relationship with him while I was there as well as Pinball, Clements. And, uh, you know, we were definitely on the same page the entire time. You know, unfortunately, the way the season was going, uh, there wasn't much of a chance for us to make the playoffs. So, uh, you know, through talks with them, um, we were really looking forward to the following season, um, you know, getting a deal done and then, uh, you know, moving forward the next season. Uh, and then, you know, Coach Pop uh, got fired there and, uh, you know, there in 48 hours, uh, things kind of changed. So, um, and, and again, uh, got a, a great opportunity to go to a, a great organization and, uh, you know, was able to capitalize on that. What was it like being teammates with Chris Strevler, who, of course, now has a shot in the National Football League, uh, a CFL quarterback who the Bombers used him in a, in a very unique way, and he has a very unique skill set, and sometimes he might come on the field and you'd go off for a, for a play or two. What was it like uh, doing that with Chris last year? Oh, Chris is awesome. Um, you know, didn't know him at all you know, before going out there. Um, before being traded out there but you know I, i've said it before and i'll say it again he's just a true professional and just a great person a great teammate um and a super talented guy and just his athleticism is just off the charts and charts and you know obviously that's uh a sticking point i think for him you know down south you know whether it's playing the quarterback position and, and going in there and running the football you know he can, he can throw the ball as well obviously we've all seen him do that but uh, there's a lot of things that he can do to help a football team. And, uh, you know, I think, it, you know, when we all saw that he got the opportunity down there, down there, none of us were surprised that he made the team, again, because of all the different things he brings to the table, not just on the field, but off the field. Zach Kalaros from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers joining us tonight on Inside Sports. I got to ask you about that West final. First of all, going back into Saskatchewan where, you know, you were the guy and then Fajardo came in and had an incredible season. Tell me about the lead up to that game, and uh, you know, being a visitor in that stadium against that. I know you had been with other teams, but uh, you know, a, a playoff game in Regina is a, a, an extra special circumstance, I would think. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I'd be lying to you to, to say that I wasn't really, uh, really looking forward to that game. Uh, yeah, I was very, very jacked up for that one, and then, uh, you know. Taking the field there for our first drive and getting booed uh, was just amazing. I thought it was a <laughs> pretty funny and uh, pretty cool moment, and uh, I was actually I was very surprised at that. But uh, again, that was just an awesome moment, and uh, you know, really really helped me get even more into the the mode in the in the right zone there. And uh, yeah, that was that was one of the favorite my, one of my favorite memories I think I've ever had playing the game. Uh, was that moment there and then you know obviously obviously winning the football game and, and going on to the great cup was awesome 
Well, the the way that West final ended, I, I don't know if I've ever seen that before, where a game ended with a pass hitting the, the crossbar or the goalpost to be an incompletion. You guys had a seven-point lead. As an offensive player, are you sitting there being a spectator, feeling nervous? Are you preparing, you know, assuming that there might be overtime and you got to be ready? I'm curious how you handled, you know, a nerve-wracking final drive there with your defense on the field. Yeah, you know, I... I could lie to you and say that we were all sitting there waiting uh, and preparing for the for the, the the upcoming drive or upcoming overtime, but I think we were all kind of spectators there in that, that last, uh, you know, which seemed like an eternity, but five to ten minutes of the game there. Um, so many crazy things happened uh, in, that, in that sequence, and then, uh, you know, once the, the ball hit the uprights, you know, we kind of all looked around like, oh, is it over? It's over, and, uh, and celebrated, and that was... Uh, that was a really, really crazy feeling. Obviously, we'd rather have been on the field and, and ran the clock out there, and um, you know, at the same time, not even, not even gotten to that moment because we, we feel like we left a few touchdowns out there. But uh, it was a crazy game, and, and, and I'm sure for fans, it was a really fun one. Can you tell people what it's like, Zach, when you're the starting quarterback of a team that wins the league championship, that wins the Grey Cup? and the clock actually hits zero, and there are no more snaps to take that season, no more film to watch, no more preparation weeks. You've actually done it. What is that moment like? That was a, that was a really cool moment. I think, uh, you know, obviously the way the Grey Cup went, uh, we had a big lead there, so <laughs> that moment was kind of taken away a bit there in the fourth quarter because we were all kind of ready for it to happen. Um, but yeah, I want, you know, taking the knee there, you know, my first thought was, you know, where's my family, where's my wife, um, you know, wanted to, to celebrate with them as much as possible. But, um, you know, as, as that moment continued, just thinking back to the different things that, you know, me personally, I had to go through that season and in the last couple of seasons. So, uh, it was, it was a really cool moment for me and, you know, just as a team, obviously that's, that's, that's why you play the game. That's day one of every training camp you've ever gone to. It's yeah, this is what we this is what we're here for to win a championship. So you know, put all those hours in, um, and, and you know whether it's film or practice and taking care of your body and doing the right things for the season. Um, for that to all pay off is a really cool, really cool, you know, an amazing moment. And uh, you know, for those guys in Winnipeg who you know a lot of those guys have been there for a long time, I, I was really. Really happy to be a part of that with with them, and, and and look forward to the you know hopefully doing that again. Zach, you you referenced the the hit by Simone Lawrence, and and you kind of referenced that there's not a steep punishment for it. I, I think some media members called your playoff run the revenge tour because he played Saskatchewan and then played Simone and Hamilton. I don't know if you ever really embraced that, but uh, is it is it comfortable with you and Simone Lawrence? Is there a hatchet that has been? buried or might need to be is or just tell me about that when you know a player does do something that caused you a fairly serious injury well yeah i think we addressed that you know during the week and throughout the season so yeah everything's everything's fine on that end okay uh zach Kalaros joining us at inside sports let's uh let's touch on some other things going on by the way i i, I hope i didn't take you away from the baseball game hopefully do i spoil it or can i tell you what walk off you see yes. Okay. You. <laughs> okay. Cool. So I could give the score without ruining it for you. The Astros. Yeah, yeah. You could tell people what happened. The Astros won four three. What happened? Is it tied? Is it tied up the series now? Is it, is it the series over? 
No, it's three. It's still three two. Uh, it's three two Tampa. They're still ahead. Oh wow! I was really hoping to see uh, an Astros, um, an Astro Dodger World Series, but uh, who knows here? But yeah, I'll walk, walk off. I, I'm not too familiar with the name of this guy. To be quite honest, Correa. I haven't yeah. watched. I haven't watched enough till the playoffs. But was it Correa? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> so uh, a walk-off for the Astros. So there you go. I'm glad you were able to see that. National Football League, uh, the Titans, uh, they had something like one practice in two weeks, and they absolutely rolled over the Buffalo Bills. Is that not counterintuitive? Like, you don't want too many coaches to realize less practice led to that good of a performance, right? Or how do you look at the play yeah. that well with so so few reps? I Yeah, I think it, it's, you know, those philosophies kind of go both ways, right? You know, it, I've been playing the game so long and, and it's been in, uh, a part of so many different types of programs where it's, you know, sometimes you go full go every day. And, and I've been some places where you don't practice at all during the week or, you, you know, you're out there just basically doing walkthroughs. So I think it depends on the maturity of the group and, um, you know, the, the veterans that you have in the room and, and just the type of football players that you have. Um, but yeah, I thought that was really interesting to watch the other night. Um, you know, obviously it speaks to the professionalism of those guys in Tennessee, and uh, you know, with the way technology is now, uh, those guys doing the, all their meetings and, and getting all their work done on Zoom, I thought was impressive. You know, hopefully that doesn't have to doesn't have to continue on for too much longer. But uh, yeah, that was, that was really impressive. I mean, obviously those guys are probably fresh, but uh, to go out there with a minimum amount of reps. Um, especially this early in the football season, uh, was, was cool to watch. All right, I'm going to throw one more at you. Um, mm-hmm. So thanks for bearing with me. You obviously you know, played in the NCAA. You uh, were with Tampa Bay when you had a stint in the NFL before you came north. What's the biggest difference between an NFL playbook on offense and a CFL playbook? Like, I'm just wondering, is it the variety of the plays, the types of pass patterns, commitment to running or not? I'm just, I'm just curious if there's something that pops into your head. You know, to be honest with you, I, I didn't spend enough time. I didn't really spend a ton of time um, in the NFL. I didn't really only speak collegiately. Uh, collegiately, we, we were more of a spread football team. But I think just the major difference that I see watching the NFL and, and, and watching the CFL is obviously the CFL is, is more of a pass-first league. But you know, the last yeah, you know, last two to three years, you see teams like you know Kansas City Chiefs, for instance, um, really play a Canadian style of game. Um, you know, they're throwing on first down. They're throwing, um, you know, they're throwing to get ahead of the sticks. They're, they're running the RPO game, um, what we would call a Sally game um, in some instances in the CFL. So I thought they've done a really good job of, of kind of integrating that, that Canadian football mindset, and it's really paid off for them. And um, you could see a lot of other teams uh, doing that as well. I, I think the cool thing about the CFL, obviously, is, uh, you have five five or six receivers on every single play, so you, you can kind of always outnumber a team somewhere. You just have to find where the hole is, and uh, that's what I think is the most interesting part about it. Right. Well, Zach, thanks for checking in. I really appreciate you taking the time to look back on uh, what was a really interesting season for you one year ago and letting people know what you're up to these days. Uh, look forward to seeing you back on the field. I know we still got a few months to wait, but I'm optimistic about a year next year. Zach, thanks so much for coming on 630 Chad in Edmonton. Appreciate it, Reed. Take care, man.
That is Zach Claros checking in. I, I enjoy talking to him. I, like I said, I, I don't think we'd had him on since he was with Hamilton. And, and I remember he always he always drops an interesting nugget. And that was a pretty amazing experience for him last year. Hurt on the first drive of the season, traded to a team he never played for, and then traded to a team that he wins, uh, leads a great cup to, uh, ending a drought that they had of 29 seasons. Really good to talk with Zach. Inside Sports on 630 Chat. I'm always happy to talk with you as well. 780-496-0063 is the number to call or text. We're back after the break. Yeah, so the walk-off homer for the Houston Astros, they stay alive. They uh, stay alive against Tampa Bay, and uh, they win it 4-3. So that series, Tampa Bay up three games to two. Dodgers leading Atlanta, now one nothing. It's into the bottom of the third. Atlanta is up 2-1 in that best of seven. Good to have Zach Claros on the show. I remember when he played for Hamilton, I kept picking him to win league MVP, the most outstanding player, and he often got hurt with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I, I, I was glad to see him uh, win the Great Cup. He's a pretty good player, and he's a good interview as well. All right, 780-496-0063 is the number to call and text. You can email inside sports at 630chat.com. Mark sent me a note tonight. He says, Mike Smith earned the contract with the beating he gave Talbot he also says people need to leave Darnell Nurse alone. He's a very good defenseman that we would have a hard time replacing. I'm a diehard Oilers fan for life. And then he has Holland plus Tippett equals the Stanley Cup. That is Mark emailing in tonight. Thanks for checking in, Mark. We're back after the news. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.